Hey, warrior. If you're enjoying everything you're hearing on this podcast, imagine meeting with me every week. Women across the country are joining the Warrior Women Mastermind, a 12-week experience in a small curated group of women hand-selected just for you. Whether you're feeling stuck, afraid to use your voice, not making the money you want, or just feeling uh, meh, come join us. The Warrior Women Mastermind is the boost you need. Connection, accountability, and women you'll love. Schedule your call with me to learn more. The link is in the show notes, or you can go to lizswadek.com. Women aren't born warriors. We become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week, I'm interviewing women who, through tragedy and triumph, are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. Hello, warriors. I am an avid reader. I love reading and usually have four or five books going at once. So when I heard about this book, I couldn't wait to read it. Today, we are talking about love, about alignment, about grief, about astrology, about trust, and about how saying yes to things that are out of your comfort zone and leaping into the unknown, well, that's where all the magic lies. If your life has become predictable, then you are not evolving, learning, expanding, and growing. And that, my friends, is what we're all here for. On this soul's journey, we are here to experience life, not to watch it go by or not to just handle it. I want to give a heartfelt thank you to everyone joining us week after week. It means a lot. And we love your DMs, your emails, and your five-star written reviews. So if you haven't written a five-star review for us, please do so. Please take a second because it helps us bring more amazing content to you. Okay, let's get into it. But first... All right, Carrie Murray is back with the Bra Network. Carrie, I heard you have some news for us. Last time you came on and you t- we talked about the Bra Network. This time you're expanding? What's going on? Huge, exciting news. We're growing, we're getting bigger. We have new members coming in from all over the country. So now we're getting back to having in-person events and they're coming to a city near you. We've got them in Houston, Austin, Boston, Portland, Ventura, Orange County, San Diego. We're coming for you. Oh my God, that's so exciting. So you can live anywhere. I love this. So Carrie, what do you think it is about Bra Network that makes it so special? Well, why don't I ask you? You've been a huge cheerleader for me, a huge champion for the women of this network. What do you like about Bra Network? Oh my gosh, Carrie. Well, if I mean, put me on the spot, why don't you? But I will say that I love the collaborative nature of everything Bra stands for. Whether we're hiring each other, whether we're going to events together, we're referring clients to each other. It's just a good feeling to collaborate and be in this space with some dynamic women. We can learn about money. We can learn about business. We can learn about LinkedIn, but we also can learn about spirituality or we can learn about self-care. So you really have something for everyone. I think it's really one of the best networking groups out there, which is why you know I'm your biggest fan. Why, thank you. (laughs) So everybody needs to join the Bra Network. Join now because the prices are increasing and it's coming to a city near you. So let's go. Warrior 2. Where do they go, Carrie? How do they join? Good question. Bra-network.com and use that code Warrior 2 for 20% off. 
All right, everybody, today on the podcast, Natasha Sislow. Natasha is a writer who started her career writing for magazines, including Variety, Cosmopolitan, and many others. In 1998, she moved to Detour Magazine, where she worked as a senior editor, managing an editorial team, and working as a staff writer covering celebrity, fashion, and tech. But after Detour, she continued writing for fashion brands and blogs, composing press releases and online copy, and eventually transitioning into real estate where she currently works at the agency. Yes, yes, it's that agency. It's the Mauricio one. You've seen it on TV. Yes, that's the one. Anyway, Natasha hit rock bottom in almost every way in the fall of 2018. She was divorced. She was a single mom. She was struggling to make ends meet. She'd just broken up with her boyfriend she thought was the one. And worst of all, her beloved dad was dying. A chance reading with an astrologer changed the entire trajectory of her life and led her to writing the best-selling novel, All Signs, Point to Paris. Actually, the best-selling memoir, All Signs, Point to Paris, which is my new favorite book. Welcome to the show, Natasha. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You're so lovely. I love this damn book. I told you. I mean, listen. Natasha and I know, full disclosure, Natasha and I know each other because our kids went to preschool together, not in the same class, but we like were friends and we were friendly. But when I saw your Instagram and you were like documenting this, like you were looking for this search and this astrologer had told you, and I was like, what, what is this? What is this? And I think at that point I ran into you somewhere and I was like, what is this? I love this. What is this? And you were like telling me about this astrologer and what she had told you. And then lo and behold, I get this invitation to your book, like a book signing, like a party, like a, to celebrate the release of this book. And I was like, hell yes to this. So <laughs> congratulations, first of all, on getting a damn book published, number one. Thank and you. also like for following this luscious, fabulous journey that you're on. It's so, and sharing it with us. Oh, yes. Well, thank you. Yeah, it was definitely a luscious, fabulous journey. Not always. (laughs) Part of the journey was really hard, as journeys are, right? Yeah. But it definitely was a journey. And you met me. We met each other right at that beginning of Rock Bottom. And, you know, so you've kind of been in the sphere of my world through this entire process. So it's really an honor to be here talking to you. It's a full circle moment. Mm-hmm. Tell me what has been the most surprising part of this entire journey. You know, you set on in this quest to find this man, this one that this astrologer gives you these. I'm not going to give it all away. You're going to have to read the book, people. So just let you know right now, I'm not telling you all the things. But you set off to meet this man, this one, right, that this astrologer tells you. In yeah. the, in that whole process, your father is dying. Then you you go through this whole thing. And then you your book gets published. Like, all these things are happening. What has been the most surprising part. I mean, there's probably a million things of this entire journey for you. Yeah. There's so many things. It's a really hard question to answer. I mean, I guess it's most surprising that I actually did this. I mean, I was a full on non-believer in every way. I mean, I was raised by my father was Mr. MIT, science and facts and logic. And I didn't have any spirituality, no religion, no foundation for magical thinking in my world. And so when I hit rock bottom and my best friend gifted me an astrology reading. And I was ready to say to her, Oh, come on. Like an astrology reading is going to change my life. And I went into the reading and I told the astrologer who's lovely by the way. And I said, well, just so you know, I don't believe in astrology. And she said, well, that's okay. And I swear within five minutes I was hooked. 
And by the end of the reading, an hour later, I was a full-on believer. And so I guess what's the most surprising is that I that I have changed so much through this process and that there is there are some things in this world that cannot be explained by facts and logic. And I'm open to magical thinking now, and I'm open to love in all of its many different forms now. And I wasn't, I was super shut down at the beginning of this. And, you know, life can change in one conversation. I mean, my entire life changed. All of a sudden, I I became a believer, and I can tell you about that or not, but it's it's really fascinating when you kind of open your heart to new ways of thinking and new ways of being. And I kind of learned to love myself. That little important thing of, you know, maybe we should put ourselves first and and find the love within ourselves because that's where it all is. That's where it all is. Yeah. You know what you're making me think of, Natasha? I'm literally mm-hmm. thinking of before I started like doing all this work on myself and and listen, I, which is actually a joke for mediums. I've been, I've been doing personal growth work since I was 21. Let's be real. Like I've been, lit- I love yeah. per- personal growth books. I've been reading, studying it. You know, I had the Tonys and the Robins and the Glennons and the Doyles, all the things. Sure. <laughs> I found like this particular program that I now teach. I really didn't understand when people would be like, enjoy the journey. I'd be like, enjoy the journey. How about right. you fuck yourself? Like really, right. honestly, like fuck off with right. your enjoy. Because I was like, how do you enjoy the journey? I was so interested in the destination. Yes. You know, I just wanted to get there. I'm like, can I just get there? Can I just like meet the man? Can I have the kids? Can I live in the house I want to live in? Can I have the money I want to make? Can I have the car I want to drive? Like, can I just have the things, you know? Now I'm like, oh, well, that's not it at all. That's not it at all. Yeah. And that is what your book really did for me. When, when I was reading it, I kept thinking of like, despite the fact that there is a destination or a, a point that you're trying to get to, what was so wonderful about this book is the journey you were on and every person's yeah. role that they played, your friends, your sister, all the people, your dad, like everybody, the astrologer, everybody played these roles in your journey. Right. And it because it has highs and lows and twists and turns and all the things, you didn't mind as much because you said to yourself, Oh, she's on this like journey. And you were kind of accepting of that. It seemed, I mean, yes, you were disappointed sometimes and sometimes, but overall I kept getting the, the, the feeling of like, she's like really enjoying this journey. Yeah. Well, it was the first time in my life where I gave myself permission to do whatever the fuck I wanted to do. I had spent the majority of my life doing something to make my parents happy, to make my you know friends think to fit in, to be a good mom, to be a good wife, to try to you know fit into this box. And finally, I thought, well, what if I just did this great thing, this quote unquote crazy thing, which you know isn't wasn't crazy at all in many ways. I mean, it sounds kind of crazy that I would track you know, that I made it my mission to track down every person I could find, every man I could find born in Paris on November 2nd, 1968. So I spent a year doing that. And I thought it would be very easy. I would just Google it because you know there's no privacy, but no, apparently it wasn't. So, I mean, I did everything. I went on the radio. I made t-shirts. I made business cards. I had people in Paris putting up posters for me. It was so much fun. It was so much fun to all of a sudden be like, I don't care if you think that what I'm all of a sudden I didn't care. And I think it's because I had just hit rock bottom and well, I know it is. And my father had just passed away and I was just grieving. And I just thought, what do I really have to lose? I mean, some real estate clients, by the way, I did worry about that because I thought, well, some of my clients might think what I'm doing is a little batty, but at the end of the day, 
I was finding joy again in my life. And I hadn't experienced that in so long because I was, you know, going through taking care of my father in the end of his life and a, and a love story that had ended and really knocked me to my knees. And so I, I don't know, it's like my astrologer gave me permission to have fun. She says, you're supposed to be having fun right now. You're in your superpower year. And she's explained it through astrology, which by the way, I know very little about astrology, even to this day, even though now I, I listen to Stephanie and talk to her. I don't live my life by it, but I let it guide me if it feels right inside. Right. So, but she says, now is your time to have fun. And I thought, I'm allowed to have fun. Are we allowed to have fun? Oh, I'm at rock bottom. Where is the fun? (laughs) Right. And that was hard. It was hard to let in, by the way. So I was like, you know what? I've always wanted to be a blonde. I'm going to be a blonde. I've always wanted to wear red lipstick. I'm going to wear red lipstick. Let's have fun. It's not always easy, by the way. It's like you've come over to my side, blonde and red lipstick. That's like my middle name. Hello. I know. Totally. My side. I love this. Join me. Yeah. I just just Uh, need the cute sweater. Yeah. I'm wearing a little sweater in her honor that has a dog with (laughs) a dog with a beret on it because it's very Parisian. Just so you guys know. So this book reads like a romantic comedy and this, you brought this up, but it deals with the very real death of your father. But looking back, do you think it was more, and you know, it's going to be probably both, but do you think it was more your father and his death that was kind of inspiring you go to Paris? Cause it was just like, what the fuck? I have nothing to lose. Like all the things. Or do you think it was more the astrologer and her words that was more the inspiration that you actually were like, I am going to Paris and I'm going to find this person. I mean, I think it was a combination because I had given my astrologer the, after she gave me this fabulous reading where she explained things to me and knew things about me that defied like any kind of wisdom or, you know, logic. So I was a full on believer. And then I said, well, could you just look up this birthday? So I gave her the birthday of my ex that I had like, you know, kind of was heartbroken over, but knew was not the one. And long story short, she says, he's in line with your point of destiny. And so then I was having, you know, thinking he cannot be the one. So I decided in a moment on the bathroom floor crying that I was going to track down every other person on this planet that I could find with that exact same birth chart. Cause he's not the only one that was born in Paris on November 2nd, 1968. And when I did that, there probably wasn't a whole lot of thought behind it. There probably wasn't. So she didn't tell me to do that, by the way. So it wasn't like my astrologer told me go da 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 da. She's more shocked by this whole thing than I am. You know, <laughs> she's not shocked by it because she's like, it makes sense in your chart, but none of my clients have done this before. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm the first. But then when I when I came, and you know, this is really weird because I'm actually doing speaking to you today in the room that my father passed in, and I haven't done that before. But Aww. so his spirit is probably here in some way, and it, and it always is with me. If when I came up here, he was he had two weeks left to live. He lives in Santa Barbara. When I say up here, I live in Los Angeles. He lives in Santa Barbara. Lived in Santa Barbara. And I came up here or to Summerland, little town in Summerland. I came up here and he couldn't stop crying. And he was very sad to be leaving my mother of 56 years. And so, you know, after listening to him and telling him we would take care of my mom and, you know, that he had been a wonderful father and husband and friend and mentor and all the things, my sister said to me, you got to do or say something to lighten the mood because it was just heartbreaking. And I mean, it was, he was really at the end. And... So I told him this wacky story and I was like, dad, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to Paris. I'm going to attract my soulmate. I met with an astrologer and the look on his face. Oh boy. I mean, he's just like, his eyes were wide. And I thought he's going to have a heart attack right before he had lung disease. I'm going to kill my dad before it's his time even, (laughs) or like he's going to pass and he's going to think I've lost my mind. 
And, uh, but I was trying to create a little bit of joy in that very sad moment, which, you know, after he sat there very silently, he said, sounds to me like you're going to Paris. And then he said, I'll meet you there. And then my sister, and then he started telling these stories about all the great things, all the crazy things that he had done for love with my mom. And my sister was, you know, all of a sudden we were laughing instead of crying. And she's like, well, dad, if your spirit's going to go to Paris to meet Natasha, then I'm going to. And we made a promise that we were all going to meet each other again in the afterlife, his afterlife in Paris. And so when he did die, I certainly was, that was not on my radar at that point in time. I hit the ground. I had never experienced grief before. I had been fortunate, I guess, in my life to not have, but it was very, very difficult to get off the floor. And it took me several months and then I said to my sister, I'm doing this. I'm, we're going to Paris. And she was like, wait, what, what? <laughs> we're doing what? I said, I'm going to go track down, you know, I'm doing this. So it started because of that conversation that I had with my astrologer. And it continued because I had made a promise to my father to meet his spirits on the street of Paris. But I also firmly believed in, you know, a lot of the astrology behind, like the, it was a combination of all of it. And because I wanted to have fun again and I wanted to just be and do whatever I wanted to do. And it was truly the most magical year of my life. I would relive it over and over again if I could, which was kind of why I wrote the book. I mean, yeah, yeah we was, can all live it with you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course, none of it played out the way, you know, you plan in your head because guess what? That's life, right? Yeah. That's the journey. Yeah. But I love that because you were, it's true. You were very present. Like it, I think in the past, you know, like when you were present, you're present with your dad, he's passing. You're present with this pain you're in with your boyfriend, right? That it's you yeah. have this terrible breakup. You're present and you're sitting with all this pain and this loss and grief. And now you're over here present to this like magic and like no choice. Like it's just going to go. Like you don't know which guy's going to call you, who's going to cancel. You don't know if you're going to find one guy or 25 guys. Like you're, you're just like on a ride, but it's like you, you would rather in some ways be on that ride, right? The great yeah. unknown than on the like, well, I know this losing my father is not going to be the greatest day of my life. That's going to be a terrible time. But getting to go on something like this is like you get to be present to all that like magic, like you were saying, like that's yeah. what's so amazing yeah. about it. Yeah. You know, I think Shel Silverstein has a quote, like all the magic I've ever experienced, I've had to make myself. And sometimes you got to make your own magic. I love that damn quote. Holy moly. All yeah. the magic mm -hmm. I've, made, I've had to make myself. I'd have to like look up I'm the exact up right words. Talking because I can't yeah. take that. Yeah. And, and, and I had read that and I was, and I was making magic, you know, but then of course <laughs> you're trying to make magic and like life happens and, you know, it's not, listen, life's not all like one big ball of magic. There's a lot of, you know, struggles that we have to go through to, you know, there's both sides of the coin in life, you know? So, you know, yeah. but it, it was, it says, but all the magic I have known, I've had to make myself. I love this. I love this. Cause you know what? You are co-creating with the universe all the time. You could have easily yes. said no to this journey. You could have easily been like, this is so nuts. I'm grieving my father. I must be having a moment. Like, this is so dumb. Like I'm not doing yeah. this. Like there's so many reasons you, you know, I don't, I shouldn't leave my kids like all the shouldn'ts, you know, and the shoulds you like, you could have easily not done any of this. And instead you did it, which is yeah. amazing. And now look what, look what the hell's happened. This is, inc it's incredible to me. What is the biggest lesson you want people to take away from reading this book? The biggest message or lesson? 
I mean, I think that the, there's a message in like believing in love, hope, and magical thinking, which is kind of what we were we were speaking of, and being able to steer your own destiny. I think that you're right on, you know, the nose with you know you're a co-creator in the universe, and for me to have the courage to say out loud what I wanted in life or to ask the universe for help out loud. Now I did it on a street corner in Paris, like very, very big, but there's other days when I just, you know, it's a meditation or there's other days when I write something and put it into my wish jar, I have a wish jar and, or, you know, there's, or you say something to a friend, but I think to have the courage to speak and say what we want to, and then to open yourself and your heart to the universe when it answers you back, because it's not always going to be the answer that you want or you're expecting, but to embrace that because I had a completely different lesson in this journey than I thought I was just going to find, you know, a person. And I really found myself and the love in my life and my friendships. And I mean, I did find people, so I'm not going to give any spoilers, but you found some people, you found persons. Yes. Yeah. There was, there was definitely some, some, some steamy hot moments. Hot steamy (laughs) people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love that. And thanks for sharing all that stuff with us because it really it would have been so terrible if you brought us all the way to Paris and didn't share the steamy parts. So thank you very much for being and disclosing that. Appreciate you. Okay, <laughs> tell me. So the book's chapter, I love the way you've organized this book. Hmm. You talked about this a little bit in the book signing too. I love how you've organized them astrologically. So can you tell people a little bit about that, how you've organized these chapters? Yeah, and you know, this came out of nowhere. Like a lot of things do when you're doing something creative where it just kind of... Like, like there's a idea, right? Divine download, Uh, I call that divine download. Yes, yes, exactly. So all of a sudden I thought, well, how am I going to structure this book? I mean, the way that the book itself happened was my astrologer said, I was a writer in my twenties. I gave this up for 25 years. I haven't written a word except for maybe an Instagram post, you know, even though in my bio, it makes it seem that way. I hadn't written in 25 years. So she had said to me, your point of destiny is to be a writer. You're very good at real estate, but it's not what feeds your soul. You have a story. And I was like, no, I don't have a story. But anyway, I, after this entire year of, I came to Paris, went to Paris, came back, spread my father's ashes. And then I got an email from a literary agent out of the blue. And so out of the blue, I wouldn't even know what a literary agent necessarily does. Like I'm not from the book world. I don't understand. Like, so and she says, I think you have a, you have a book in you. I found you on Instagram and Blah, 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 blah. So when I had the courage to think maybe I can do this during COVID, it took the world shutting down for me to consider writing. I thought, well, how am I going to structure this? And all of a sudden it was like a divine download, like you said, of the 12 houses in astrology. Now I don't know a lot about astrology. So I reached out to my astrologer and I said, you know, if, if I would divide something, could you teach me about the 12 houses of astrology? So she consulted on each house and it, I wrote the 12 chapters of the book. Cause it was almost, you know, it wasn't, it was one year of my life really, but it, or anyways. So after she sent me what the houses represent in my chart, they lined up perfectly with the book. It was so weird. It was like, it didn't make sense. Even my editor was like, okay, I, <laughs> I I'm a believer now too. Because so somehow the astrology of my birth chart and my story and my book all lined up. And that's how that became the structure of, you know, and I'm not here to prove that astrology is real, like, or real or not real. I'm just telling a story of what happened to me in my life. And astrology has helped me come to like a better understanding and acceptance of myself and of others. I think that's what astrology is really great at. 
Yeah. So that's kind of the the crux of it. That's amazing. So yeah. how, how has your life changed? Like this book has been very lovingly received. You know, everybody reads it and loves it. I'm sure you have people come. I want to know also what people say to you when they when they come up to you. Like, what's the main thing that people are telling you? But tell me how your life has changed since this book and and this and letting yourself have this experience. Yeah. Well, it's changed in every single way. I mean, so many ways. I mean, I'd say the greatest, most beautiful change is the community and the people that I've met through this story, whether it's at an event or it is through a DM or, or an email or somebody. I mean, I have learned and heard so many beautiful stories, mostly from women. It's really a book that women tend to gravitate towards, but not only And that we, first of all, need each other, that we need this community, that there's power in sharing stories. I've learned so much about the book world too, because it's not a world that I come from. And the incredible power that we have in sharing our stories, in connecting to each other, in, you know, saying, oh, you know, I've gone through this grief story too. You know, my heart's been broken too. Like I'm going to Paris too. And like, so (laughs) that has been so great. So, I mean, I believe so much in the power of community and in women coming together and sharing stories. And so that's been the most magical, but there's also been like, I mean, to see, I kind of feel like I just threw like 10 weddings for myself. Cause I would throw these, like all of a sudden I'm having a big event or a book signing, all the people that show up for you, your heart just wants to explode. You know, it's really so beautiful. And that, that I guess it, it helped me understand that I have a story worth telling, you know, I think we all do. But I never knew that, you know, I remember when I was a young writer, I I was a young, I wanted to be a writer in college Remember, my teacher was like, write what you know. And I thought, well, I don't know anything. I just have to make things up because I felt I had such low self-esteem, you know, we all have stories and they're all worthy of sharing. And so I've, that's the best thing is that I've learned and heard from all these different women all over the world and their shared experience of love whether it's, you know, the love of a parent or a sister or a friend or a lover. So it's been, it's been, it's been incredible. It's been incredible. It's been a dream come true. I love it. I love it. You know what? These are kind of times where, you know, I help women launch podcasts because my experience launching a podcast at 50 was so kind of parallel to what you're saying. Like, mm-hmm. you mean, people will actually listen to what the hell I have to say. And this is like, about, like you just even complimented my voice. And I was like, thank you. Like, it's such a journey. Like when you write a book or you put yourself out and have this visibility, it really like gives you back so much more than you could ever imagine. It seems like scary to put yourself out there, but it really gives you back so much. It really changes your life. So I love that. I love that you got to like use your voice and find your voice and Lord, did you have a story to tell? Speaking of scary though, (laughs) (laughs) I want a sequel. I'm just going to tell you right now. I don't Mm. think it's fair for you to leave (laughs) (laughs) I think you need to go back to Paris or somewhere else. Even I will take another city. If you want, I'll take London, Marrakesh. I don't know, Bali, do whatever you want. I don't care where you go. I just need a sequel. I need something to go on. So uh, what's next for this book? Can you tell us, is there going to be a TV show, a movie, anything? I need something from you, Natasha. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. Thank you for that. And Yes, there is fingers crossed because, you know, fingers crossed. And I, there's nothing that I can announce publicly or that has been announced, but there there is some amazing stuff in the works where, where hopefully this will be an ongoing story. So 
thank you for all that love and all that positive energy. And I'm taking it in and throwing it out there. <laughs> oh, it's going to happen. I'm going to put my order up to the universe right now because I need it. But, I think, but really, this is such a book. It reminds me so much of like Sex in the City, like all the shows and things I used to just love to like dig into and be with my girlfriends and be with those girlfriends. And like, that's how I felt about your posse going to Paris together. I felt mm-hmm. like it was like this Sex in the City moment where it's this moment in time and you're all living in the moment and you're all like helping each other. And it was just so, I just, I could see it. Like it was one of those books when you read it, I literally saw it. I was like, I see this movie. I see this TV show. Like this is a slam dunkaroo. So whoever's not doing this needs to like, let's, let's go. Hurry it up. Let's, I need to see this. Okay. <laughs> now that I put it out to the universe, I feel better. Okay. So we're on to the speed round now, Natasha. Yes. yes. Party time. Party time. What does it mean to you to be a warrior woman? I am a warrior woman because I love myself and I show up for myself and I start each day with a dedication to serve my highest and best and the highest and best of those around me. You know, not every day is an easy day, but if I try to lead with love first for myself and then with others and try to have, you know, that ego gets in the way all the time. But if I can kind of start with that sense of love, then I can, I consider myself a warrior woman. Oh, I do for sure. What is a mantra or quote that you live by? Oh, okay. So this is another Shel Silverstein poem. It's the whole the poem itself is called Listen to the Mussins, but the very end of it is anything can happen, child. Anything can be. And I found that to be true. And if I ever come up against something, I go back to that. Anything can happen, child, because we're speaking to that child in us. So that to me is an important part of it. And anything can be. So we can go back to that childhood belief in magic. Absolutely. I I was just, I just did a post about this, but I, I was in a breathwork session in Florida, this retreat I just was at, and I had this thing I wanted to sit in my grandmother's lap again. And so I basically called her up and asked if I could sit in her lap again. And I, I got to sit in her lap and I brought my little girl with me and she got to sit in her lap. And it was like, I was crying my eyes out, of course, while all this is happening because she's like my person. You can get there again. This is the funny thing about all this magic is that you can, the mind is so good at that. Like whatever you need to experience, you know, if you feel like, you know, taking your little girl along with you and letting yourself have that magic being childlike is such like a, that's the way you feel the love. That's the way you feel the oneness and you feel connected to everything in the world is when you have this like childlike and you bring your little girl with you right? Yeah. Like, I mean, it sounds, it might sound crazy to some people listening, but it really is the way you can stay in the magic. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know whoever told us not to believe in magic as we grew up, but I'm, I'm proving otherwise, you know? Yes, you are. Yes, you are. What makes you feel unstoppable? Gosh, what maybe, you know, my friends, my community, I think that we, the, the, I mean, it goes back to all these incredible people that I've met on this journey. When I went to Paris, there was one day there where I I was coming up against a lot of blocks. And so I decided to post in a Facebook group for women in Paris to meet me at this bar in the Marais. And nobody showed up. I was a total, you know, I thought bust of a day, bust of a trip, bust of everything. And then all of a sudden, one by one, these women, all strangers showed up and filled this beautiful bar. And we stayed there all night talking and playing, you know, music and connecting. And the the power of women supporting women is just 
there's nothing like it. I've never seen anything like it. And not just in that moment, every single moment of, you know, I know right now, if I could, if I was, if I needed a lift, that's where I find it. It's in women supporting women. Well, you know, I believe in that. That's yeah. I love. Yeah. Yes. What are you most proud of? My kids, <laughs> Margo and Dashiell. Yeah. My beautiful children. And I, and it's so funny because the word proud sometimes makes it seem like, like you're attaching some kind of like, I helped you with that. They're their own people. They're incredible human beings. And I learn more from them than anybody else in my life. So, and now they are 16 and 19. So they are young adults and I, they, they light up my world. Talk about your own journey. They are on some journeys. Those two. They are. What keeps you going when you're feeling lost? Oh, when I'm feeling lost, the best thing that keeps me going is to stop going, I think a little bit and to stop what I'm doing. Cause I feel like if I'm pushing, if I'm pushing and things are not in flow, right. Then I might be going in the wrong direction or I might be pushing too hard. So for me to back off a little bit and to kind of recenter myself. And usually I do that. I hike a ton. So you'll see me up in the Hills, just listening to typically Beyonce mm-hmm. and I love her or, you know, just being in nature, but that's how I reconnect with spirit again. And then I realize, Oh, wait, 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 wait. Maybe I'm a little bit my energy is off or the path that I'm trying to go in is off or I'm low. I mean, it's not always easy. The holidays really got me down. Holidays are hard for me always. That's the best way for me to kind of clear my energy and kind of find my own self again is through nature and kind of not pushing so hard. If I push too hard, the universe doesn't like that. You got to let it go a little bit, you know? Yeah. Hold on loosely. Yeah. Right. I like that. I like that because you know what? It's true. Like sometimes when things are going kind of not the way we want, it's like, let me work harder, which is such a patriarchal yeah. thing. Like it's such yeah. a, it's such a man thing, like shove it in, you know, if it doesn't work, shove it. You know, it's not women are receivers. Like we need to be like, Oh, I'm it's, it's not going like, I need to step back and see what do I need to receive? Right. Like right. And you're perfect. Right. Like being nature, right. Receiving that energy. So you can be like, okay, let me chill. <laughs> like everything's not going to explode. I'm okay. You know, and walk around. I love that. I love that. I would do that when I was writing, I actually had a Google doc on my phone and I would make sure I would go on a hike that actually had service on it. And I would go and I would go and I would go like, you know, like four, four miles in. And all of a sudden it's like, you get that, that spirit, that download where things clear. And then you're like, oh, this is my path forward. And I'm literally writing a book on, you know, randomly like up in Topanga. I don't know. I mean, so you just, sometimes you gotta let, let, gotta let someone else take over, let the universe take over a little bit. Let the source take over. I love that. Um, What's exciting you the most right now? Um, Probably the unknown, not knowing, you know, there's a lot of really incredible things on the horizon in the future, which I touched upon. And that can lead me to fear. Okay. So the unknown, I can be kind of, I can get really nervous. I'm, I'm an anxious human being. <laughs> so that sometimes leads to fear. So when I try to switch, which is what I do on my hiking, pivot that fear into excitement, then that's really what it is. And so I, you know, I get nervous. This is going to happen. This is it not going to happen. What do I need to do? Like, you know, so that's exciting me right now. My spending time because I had such a wild year with, you know, family. I'm visiting my mom right now. 
I'm back in real estate with my clients and I'm taking such joy in kind of the simple beauty of finding somebody a home or spending time cooking, you know, when you work so intensely on something, because I wrote that book in a really tight timeline. And then I went on kind of a book tour and blah, 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 blah. I, I'm enjoying like making dinner again, you know, and, and spending time with my son before he's too old to, you know, I mean, he kind of is, but <laughs> he still likes me, you know, you're, you're, he, he still likes you. Yeah. yeah. So that's, yeah. You know, so slowing down a bit, slowing down. Yeah. I love that. I love that you touched on the unknown because that's such a, that's where all the magic is, right? Like it's the yeah. thing we fear. Like yeah. you're talking about like, oh my God, what's going to happen? What are gonna happen? But then it's like, well, what if you said it like this? Oh my God, what's going to happen? Right? Yeah. Totally different energy. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Right? Like how good can it get, Natasha? That's what I'm thinking for you. How yes. good can it get? This fucking book is going someplace. I can already tell. So for me, I'm like, ooh. I wonder what's going to happen. Like, I, I can't even imagine what's going to happen because it's going to be so good. I love you. <laughs> My mouth to God's ears. My mouth to the universe right now to spirit. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Natasha. You're the best. I love this book. I look forward to being invited to whatever premiere or something I need. You show. I will show up. I will wear a yes. secret dress. I am ready for this event. I have a dress already. So thank <laughs> you so much for coming on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Love you. Love you. Truly. You're the best. Love you. And I'll put the link to get this book. You know, you have to read it because it's going to get to TV. So you might as well read it now so you can, see, can start enjoying it. Okay, everybody. And thank you for joining me today. And remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And if you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star written review. This is the Conversations with Warrior Women podcast with me, Liz Swadek. And remember, every woman has a story, just like Natasha told you. You just have to ask her. Bye now.